Oh, come on. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see each one here today. God bless you. It's awesome to be here, is it not? We'd like to say good morning to all of our church family, as well as those that are visiting this morning. Uh, to our church family, God bless you for your faithfulness and your service and just being here to worship the Lord with us. And to our visitors today and those who are listening by way of internet, and to those who are present today, if you live within driving distance, 500 miles or less, this church needs you. So uh, I want to welcome you and invite you to come back and worship with us every Sunday. It's an awesome place to worship. It's great fun. It's great fellowship. And we do a good job of eating every now and then. And so it's, we're just having fun as a family of God as we travel the journey of life and enjoying the blessings of God. I was just thinking this morning as I was listening to the enthusiasm in the building, and I was sitting here looking this way, but I kept listening. And, and I, heard, I remember a, a, a sermon we heard not many days ago, the high cost for low uh, enthusiasm. And boy, I tell you, you're here this morning. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're here? I'd rather be here than the best jail I've ever visited. It was a hot day Thursday afternoon as I watched the men of the church uh, tell me to get out of the way so they could get the ribs smoked. They worked very faithful and uh, got the job done. It was awesome to see the kitchen full of happy people Friday night as uh, a sellout crowd walked through this building. And, you know, sometimes we plan, sometimes we think about all the events that are taking place, and, and we try to second-guess God, or at least the pastor does. I thought, well, you know, with the Woodward Rodeo going on and, and, and half of our congregation left for the mountains Friday afternoon, and, uh, and, you know, my expectation just wasn't as high as the Lord's. But I tell you, people just kept coming in. We got down to beans and cornbread and, and meat, and people just kept coming in. But I, I want to say what a joy it is to be a part of an awesome congregation that knows how to live for Jesus and have a good time and enjoy God's provision. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks again for being here. Everybody's ready for it to cool down just a few degrees. Say amen. amen. Everybody that's happy with the way it is, say amen. A few. Awesome. Awesome. We're turning for a few moments to the book of John, chapter 10, and I'd like to talk to you today about something that I feel vitally important. As Jared and I serve as your pastor's and we live in a world that uh, is very uh, challenging this morning. I, I want you to know that uh, even though the news media may be filled with fake news when you come to church, we, we want this to be the reality. We want you to know this is the real deal. Right is still right, and wrong is still wrong. And God unveils it in the pictures and in the pages of His Word. And when you come to this place, I want you to know we're going to stand up for the right, and we're going to tell you what's wrong, and we're going to, then we're going to open the door and let Jesus fix all of us. How's that? Anybody ever made a wrong turn at the right time or wrong time? And you look through the rearview mirror hoping the right guy didn't see you. We've all been there. But, you know, we're in this together, and we're here to bear one another's burdens, and we're here to encourage each one other. And if we see a brother that's fallen or somebody who's discouraged, there's nothing like ministering to somebody with these two arms and telling them how important it is for them to be a part of our life. And today you are a part of my life. You've, you've been very good to my family, and uh, we've had a great time serving the Lord and just seemed like, We've turned around twice, and uh, 38 years has just went like a snap. 
But you know, the Bible says it's, life is like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And there's some things that I'm thinking about that we're processing in the journey of life. And one thing that is just glued to my spirit the past few days, especially as I've had way more sitting time than I enjoy, my get up and go is still there, but my body just hadn't been able to cooperate. And I've been talking to this body, body, you get out of this mode. You're not going to live here. We're going to get up and go again. But in the meantime, I've been hearing something speaking to my spirit and, and stirring something inside of me. And, and there's one thing that I want you to know as my church family, and if you're here this morning and you're not a part of this church, but you're here uh, visiting, you're not here by coincidence. You're not here today just by happenstance, but you're here because I believe God brought you here on purpose. And I want to talk to you some, about something that's vitally important to me, and I want it to be vitally important to you, and it's how to hear the voice of God. Let me ask this question. How many people know somebody that can tell you all the wrong that you're doing? But they never tell us how to fix it. I've even attended churches where they could tell you everything wrong that was going on, but they didn't have a good remedy about how to fix it. Well, listen, God has everything in his word today to tell us how to fix ourselves. And when we fix ourselves, and when we allow God to do what he wants to do in our lives, and, and the one thing he wants us to do, and he wants us to know his voice. And he wants us to recognize when he speaks, it's vitally important that we listen. And whether we realize it or not, he speaks 24-7. He's just looking for people that will listen to him, obey, and apply the Word of God. And with these opening statements this morning, if you're listening by way of Internet, I uh, was in the doctor's office a few days after surgery, and this, this awesome, beautiful nurse, as she was greeting us as we were saying our farewell, she whispered in my ear, she said, is your services on Internet? And I said, yes, they are. And uh, she said, I'll be listening to you from time to time. I got a, a text from a granddaughter in Chicago this week, and she says, Papa, I really enjoyed the message about the rodents. And I had to think, and I now remembered about the illustration we used a few days ago where the, the pilot was high in the air flying a little one-seater plane and how that he began to hear something gnawing in behind, behind his seat. He had placed his, some, some good food on the plane, and uh, he had also unexpectedly loaded a big rat. And, you know, I, I told this just a uh, Sunday or two ago, but I also, as, as he began to think about what he was going to do, uh, the refresher course I'm just sharing with you this morning, he realized the higher that he flew the plane, the less chance the rat had to live. And he finally reached the elevation with the plane where the rat could no longer breathe, and the rat quit gnawing. And when he landed the plane, behind his seat was a big rat that was doing his, his thing of gnawing through everything that he could see. The pilot, he realized if he gnawed through the right cord, he'd lose, he'd lose the control of the plane. He'd lose his best plane and the possibility of losing his own life. And the moral of the story was this, the higher we climb with Jesus, even though we all deal with rodents, and rodents is simply an enemy. And the enemy of our life today is the devil. And he likes to come into our life and, and he likes to uh, chew on our, our lives. He likes to pick us a, take a time when we're discouraged or a time when we're going through some challenges physically or financially. And he does everything he can. The Bible says to kill, steal, and destroy. But listen to me. The moral of the story, just allow your 
challenge this morning to allow you to mount up with wings as eagles. The scripture says you can mount up with wings as eagles, you can run and not be weary, and you can walk and not faint. So the closer we draw to Jesus, the less chance the rodent has of destroying what we really believe in and what we allow to live in our life. With these words this morning, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, I'd like to borrow these and share with you for just a moment. The Scripture says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I want everybody to say this with me this morning. They know his voice. I want you to turn up the volume. They know his voice. I was reading uh, a couple of years ago a book that told about uh, a few years back when in the sheep country where they had open, open uh, uh, range for the sheep to to uh, range and graze. And I was told about how the sheep in the wintertime would be pinned up and they would be fed uh, the meals by the shepherd and by the people that owned them. But in the spring and when the grass began to grow, all the shepherds would open the pens and down the pathway they would go. And there was a valley where all of the shepherds would meet and hundreds of sheep would follow their shepherds down into this valley. And every shepherd had a a story he wanted to tell before he led the sheep on every shepherd had his range that he knew each year he could take his sheep and they would feed well and they would gain their weight and they would grow in and be great and mature sheep and and as the shepherds would would gather and share their stories the sheep would intermingle with other herds of sheep but as a shepherd would begin to leave Every sheep knew the voice of his shepherd. And one would whistle in his way that he had whistled all winter long to the sheep. And through hundreds of sheep, those sheep recognized their shepherd was whistling to them. And they would flow through the flock of sheep and they would follow that shepherd because they knew his voice. Another shepherd would use a sound that his sheep had heard all winter long. And he had let out this shrill sound. And other hundreds of sheep would find their way to the, to the outer skirts of the group and follow the shepherd as he led them to green pasture. And I was thinking about this. If sheep, you know, if you do a study on sheep, the, uh, the history tells us that sheep are the dumbest animals there are. They never look up. Once they start eating, they just keep eating. And many times they put goats with these sheep because these goats are are smart enough to look around now and then to see if there's a coyote or an enemy around so they can take off and run. But sheep don't have that that, that, that ability to do that. But yet... When I was reading this story, telling how it was telling how the sheep all winter long had listened to their shepherd. In the springtime, they still knew his voice, and they would single file, get out of the crowd, and they would follow that shepherd because they knew his leadership was leading them to green pastures where they could be fed. There's many voices that speak to us today. There's a voice of Antichrist, the enemy. Anything that's not in line with Christ is Antichrist. 
The enemy does everything to get everybody's attention today. He speaks to the unbeliever as well as the believer. He likes a congregation no matter where they're at because he wants you to learn his voice. There's the voice of the Holy Spirit that speaks to you and I today. And as well, he speaks to the unbeliever. He says, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a voice of our friends as well as our enemies, and we all hear the voice of them many times giving us direction, many times giving us encouragement, many times the voice of our, our friends are praying for us in times of trying. How do we know when we're listening uh, to, and hear the voice of the Spirit? How, how do we know when it's really God speaking to us and when it's another voice that's trying to get us off, off track? When the voice is telling us something that's not in line with the Word of God, don't listen to it. Any voice that speaks to you, whether it's friend, whether it's enemy, or whether it's something you feel in your spirit, if it doesn't come in line with the Word, take no heed to it. It's not the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When, but when the voice is speaking to us, it, 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 something that's in line with the Word of God, that's a voice that will lead you to victory. It will lead you to green pastures. It will lead you many times to a place of restoration where God can meet you there and He can minister to the needs that you have. Yeah. And I find leadership found in Acts chapter 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed because Jesus knew the voice of his Father. And he was going about doing what the Father had asked him to do. How do we know the voice of God? And do we all listen to the voice of God? Last Sunday morning, uh, Anita Dow, uh, fellowship time, said, Pastor, did you know, and he call, she called a good friend of mine by name, did you know he's in Oklahoma City at Oklahoma Heart, and he's had four bypasses? And I said, I had no idea. Knowing that I was going to check on Laddie, I said these words, I'm going to do my best to go by and see him. As time would do, treat me like it always does, the clock runs faster than I do. I was trying to get, make all the rounds, the stops that I need to make, pick up the things I needed to pick up, and then get back for Bible study. Uh, it was on Wednesday evening. And I thought, you know, the only way I'm going to make it to Bible study is uh, I'm going to have to not go to Oklahoma Heart. I'm just going to go see Laddie and Sandy and have a word of prayer with them and go on. So as I was traveling, uh, as I always do, and I'll leave the uh, wondering to you, uh, I was uh, running parallel with Kilpatrick Turnpike, and as I passed Oklahoma Heart Hospital, I, lo I looked across and I thought, you know, I know I need to go, but my watch says I don't have time to go. I'm just going to keep going on a, uh, another couple of miles and stop and see Laddie and Sandy. But this traffic light caught me, uh, and I had to stop uh, for a few moments. And during that stopping period, I heard this in my spirit. You really need to go back to Oklahoma Heart. Didn't you tell Anita you'd do your best? And if you don't go, uh, have you done your best? And, you know, I, I don't know about you. Pro this probably just happens to your pastor. But there's times that I can listen to my clock a lot better than I listen to the Holy Spirit. 
At a moment in the decision at that traffic light, I put my left blinker on. I made, uh, I changed direction. I, I drove back to Oklahoma Heart, and when I got out of the, out of the pickup, I'm not walking quite as fast, but I, I was entertaining these thoughts. Maybe they've let him go home, and I can still make Bible study on time. When I got to the desk, I asked if this person was there. He, yes, he's in room 219. The elevator's right behind. I'd been there before. I went up to uh, the second floor, and I made my way to this room. And when I opened the door to this room, this gentleman and his wife were both uh, there resting and not asleep, just resting. And when he looked my way, he said, Orville, when I woke up this morning, I thought, Orville White, there's a possibility that Orville White will open this door today. Do I have to tell you how I felt? No, I didn't tell him that I'd thought about moving on. But I, when I got in my pickup, I, I was 30 minutes late for Bible study, but I can tell you when I got in my pickup, I, I, I entertained this thought, obedience is better than sacrifice. And what's 30 minutes when a man that... He, he uh, he's a part of my, he's a he's been our former district attorney. Uh, he's helped me out in times when I've worked with kids and they were in trouble. And he's he's just has been a tremendous asset to my life. But when I le- before I left, I I called him by name and I said, "Could we have prayer?" He said, "Could we have prayer? Yes, we can." And I prayed with he and his lovely wife, and I left here. And in my heart, I can tell you, I was so glad that I had listened to the voice of God. You know, we, I, I like to talk about my home runs, but I've had, I've had as many strikeouts as I've had home runs. But as, and when I look at the condition of the world today, and I hear all the things that are happening around about me, and I know you're hearing the same, the, my heartbeat is this. One thing that I do want to uh, transfer in the ministry, and Jared and I both have the same uh, uh, desire in our heart. We want you to discern the voice of God. It can be a matter of life and death. It can be a. It can be the salvation of somebody else's life. Just to listen and then obey. The life of every great man and woman in the Bible was marked by the ability to hear, recognize the voice of God, and then uh, and and then. Apply it. Do it. Be a part of what God wanted to do. And let me just name a few. What if Noah had not built the ark? God not only told him to build the ark, but he said, it'll be the salvation of your family. And had, not, had Noah not built the ark, uh, you and I might not even be here today. How about Moses, who had fled to the backside of the desert after, after killing an Egyptian Uh, fearing for his life. God spoke to him through the burning bush. You remember the story? And he led led God's people out of Egypt bondage. What if he had not listened to the voice that came from the burning bush? Others through the old covenant, we can expect God to hear us today if he could hear the, the voice of God then. We may be even better able to hear the voice of God today under the new covenant than they could then. For example, in Genesis chapter 6 and 7, God told Noah what to do, how to build the ark. He, he gave him all the, all the things and, the, and, and all, everything that he needed, the dimension, the, the kind of wood, everything that Noah had was at his hands to fulfill 
what God's voice had told him. And I want to say this this morning. As clearly as God spoke to men, he's promised to speak to us as well. And the sound booth has a clip we're going to share with you right now. Is that good? Amen. For nine months, Michael had put his head to his wife's tummy and talked to that baby. Guess what? At birth, that baby recognized that voice. I don't know where you are with your walk with the Lord today or not. I don't know where you're at. We're all at different stages. Maybe there's those of you that was raised in a Christian home and you've uh, grown to know the Lord and you have no problem discerning the voice of God. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, this is all new to you. Maybe you, you weren't raised in a Christian atmosphere. Can I tell you, God speaks to everybody. And he wants you to know he hasn't left you out. He just wants to walk close enough to you that he can love on you, and he wants to whisper in your ear so that nobody but you can hear, I love you, and if you'll ask me to, I'll forgive you of everything you've ever done that's been contrary to my word, and you'll become my family. In fact, you'll become my son, and you'll know my ways because I'll talk to you, and I'll lead and guide and direct you. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, Jeremiah he speaks these words. And he's, and he's standing in the presence of God. God speaks his word, call unto me, call unto me, and I will answer you. Jeremiah had been in jail. He'd, he'd been through some real tough times in life. And God's there to encourage him as, as well as everybody. He says, call unto me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you things you know nothing about. So this morning I'm saying to all of us today, put yourself in the position to hear God's voice. The biggest rodent that we have this morning is time. Time tries to dictate what we can do and what we can't do. But have you ever noticed we can usually make time for what we want to do? We love to have, we love to have fun. We like to go places. We like to do things. We're all, we're all in that arena. We like to have fun. And boy, we've never had so many things we can buy today to have fun. But listen to me. There's nothing wrong with having fun. But just don't block out the voice of God while you're having fun. Would we look at the Bible this morning in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set upon a tower, and I will watch to see what he will say to me. Let me apply, ask you this. How would we do that? Habakkuk is telling us how he did it. And this is what he's really saying. By waking up in the morning... With one objective in mind, I want to hear what God has to say to me about today. In Isaiah chapter 50, in verse 4, he says, I awaken every morning to listen to the voice of God. And today, I just, I'm just i saying to all of us, it's time that when we wake up this morning to recognize if the very breath that we breathe today is borrowed from God, why not learn to live in Him? We live, move, and have our being because He has given it all to us freely. Yeah. It's time that we listen to God. The world is listening and believing so much fake news today. But it's time that the church knows the voice of God and not only does it, but applies the word and the voice of God to our own individual lives. 
in the midst of life's confusion, in the midst of life's challenges, financial problems, even the threat of safety. Hearing the voice of God will always deliver you. God will always show you a way of out, out of your situation, no matter how deep you may be. I've said this many times, when you're in over your head, what matters how deep it is? Have you ever been in deep water? It's well over your head. You couldn't see the top, but you just knew you were in over your head. Life can treat us the same way. God wants you to come to the place that he wants to sensitize the ears of our spirit this morning. Just this past week on a 2 o'clock appointment in Oklahoma City, I made an appointment that I never thought I'd ever make. My wife had preached to me for the past three or four years, honey, you need to go have your ears checked. Of course, I had good ears. It went in this one and out that one. And, uh, and as, year, as months went on, she kept saying, honey, you need to go have your ears checked. And, you know, sometimes we hear the voice until we know how to tune the voice out and just continue to act like everything's good. But have you ever noticed if you're standing in a group of people and uh, somebody tells you something and you say for the fourth time, what did you say? Immediately you start asking yourself, maybe I'm not hearing as good as I thought I was. Well, revelation knowledge came uh, this past uh, week and my brother who uh, had upgraded a long way uh, from what I'm wearing this morning, said, Orville, I want you to meet my friends at 2 o'clock. They're going to test your ears and see if you're needing any help. And uh, when I left the office, I could hear everything. I didn't know the door on that car squeaked like it did. I didn't know that the windows whistled air like they did. I didn't know that the radio was twice, the, the sound system was twice as loud in my pickup as it needed to be. And when I got home, I heard my wife telling my brother, I'm going to have to be careful what I say around him. He can hear what I'm saying. <laughs> well, put yourself in position today. And, 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 you know, I was just enjoying, it just sounded like the, the sound of praise and worship this morning was about three times louder than it was last Sunday. And it was awesome. It was awesome. But bringing, bringing uh, the message today about how to hear from God, one of the most important things that we can do is put ourselves in position to hear from the Lord. And you here are here today to hear what God has to say about your hearing abilities and your abilities to hear what he has to say. And let me just say this. Listening to God is not only vitally important, it can save your life. Number one, I'm going to give you a few things that, and, and illustrations of how God speaks to us. One of, one of the most important ways that God speaks to us is through His Word. He has something every morning. If you'll take the time to pick up your devotion book or the Word of God and just spend a few minutes, God will speak to you if you'll ask after you've read it, Lord what is there in this that you wanted me to receive this morning? Yep. Yep. And he will speak to you. 
And there, was, there are things that if you will just allow him the, uh, the moment to speak to you before you turn the news, the weather, before you turn on fake news, he wants to speak some truth into your life. He wants to share something like, I love you. I made provision for this day. And when you come to the crossroads of life, I'm going to show you what to do and how to get through this day. Each morning, each morning, we should, it should be a part of our prayer life. Take time to ask the Lord, Lord, let my hearing be so that I can hear what you have to say. Read encouraging scripture. Do you know you can get a devotion book that's already outlined so you can get the scripture that you feel like that will be beneficial to you today? If you get up and you're discouraged, you went to bed, you were worried about a situation, you know there's devotion books. You can just look in the index and you can find the Scriptures. They've already got them lined out. You don't have to read from Genesis to Revelations to find encouraging work. You can take a devotion book and find out where to go and then read what it has to say. I'm not telling you that's a way to get lazy and serving the Lord. But I'm telling you if you're on a limited time, it's no excuse for not listening to the Lord. How about this? If your body's being attacked by, by sickness and, and you've, you've got a bad report, those are moments you need a word of encouragement, and nobody can encourage you like the Word of God. You see, in the, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And so when, you, when the things from this book leap out of the pages and begins to speak to you, that's the voice of God. And he's always speaking a better way to live, a better life to live. And if you'll include him in your plans, you'll always wind out on top and not on bottom. Never listen to a voice that's contrary to the Word of God. It's vitally important in these days that we know truth. And the way that we learn truth is to spend some time in God's Word every day. You know, anything that's contrary to what the Bible says is wrong. Anything that's contrary to the Word. And, and for example, some people uh, have thought that, you know, uh, I don't need to be a part of a church to be a Christian. I, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But listen, the Bible says in Psalms 92 and 1 Corinthians 12, it says, uh, it shows us that God will, will, will reveal to us that He has a plan, and He has a plan for the house of God. He doesn't mention any denomination, but he shows us that we need to be planted in a church that will help us grow and flourish with God. Right. Yeah. I don't know about you, but there's potted plants around our house this morning. And if you don't water those plants about every other day, for some reason the leaves start turning brown. And you miss about four days, and, and, and you'll want to take those plants to the back, backyard so nobody can see them. It's because of the heat and the intensity of the air is so hot. They're not prepared. They've got to be watered. They've got to be fed. And our lives are the same way. God wants you to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In Psalms 1, he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I wish that part wasn't there. I can watch five minutes of Fox News, and I can really get scornful. He said he can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that gives forth his fruit in the season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Go to Psalms chapter 1 and read those six verses every day, and you'll see your life and what it can be if you'll just practice those three things that he says. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his delight. How do we do that? By, by living according to this. 
It says love those that despitefully use us. Uh, uh, overcome evil with good. I wonder what, what America would be like today if they could just apply that for 24 hours. There'd be no road rage. There'd be no fights in Walmart. It, I mean, it would just be heaven on earth for a few minutes, wouldn't it? I want you to leave here this morning with these thoughts. I want you to leave here this morning knowing that God wants to speak to you today. In Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, it focuses on understanding how to hear the voice of God. And you can hear the voice of God today, but listen to me. You've got to allow your heart to be soft. You cannot allow the challenges of life to harden your heart and expect God to hear from you. Or, or you to hear from God. You've got to ask the Lord, Lord, you, you've given me a heart transplant today. I got more than I can. I, I don't want any malice. I don't want things to grow up in my life that will cause my heart to become hardened. I want you to give me a heart transplant so that I can have a heart of flesh. And when we have a heart of flesh, what God has to say is vitally important to us. And when we harden our heart, it can bounce off of us like a water splashing off of a flint rock. Number one, examine your heart this morning. Is your heart hardened by chapters of life that you've gone through? Is your heart hardened this morning because your best friend has challenged you or walked out on you? Is your heart hardened today because your business has gone the wrong way or, or things have just turned sour? Is your heart hardened today just because uh, there's things that's happened that should never have happened to you? I've got good news for you. Jesus not only wants to talk to you, the first thing he wants to talk to you is about a heart transplant. I'm telling you, nobody could be more scornful than I when I was a teenager. Nobody had a harder heart. I hated being a preacher's kid. I was, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church every time the lights came on. And I'm telling you, they, they, we didn't go to church at 7 and get out at 8. Sometimes it was 11.30 or 12 before my folks turned out the light and we were the last to leave. I hated growing up in that atmosphere. But, you know, one day when I listened to the voice of God and he began to deal with my own life, he said, I want to exchange my heart for yours, and I'm going to give you a, a heart of flesh. And I'm going to give you a heart so you can understand that my ways are not your ways and your thoughts are my thoughts, but as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and thoughts higher than yours. And when I begin to allow the Lord to transplant things in my life and do away with the hatred and the bitterness, and, and I, I, I allowed the Holy Spirit to knock the chip off of my shoulder, and I realized that life didn't owe me a living, it just... God just gave me an opportunity to serve him. I realized at that moment, if God could speak to me, he could speak to anybody. And he's speaking today. Keep a soft heart. Be willing to do whatever he tells you to do. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, realize that God wants to take that unforgiveness out of your life and give you a forgiving spirit so that he can talk to you about a great life that the world hasn't, has not to offer. Not only does he want to give you a new heart, but he wants to cultivate an attitude of gratitude he wants you to be start, he wants you to start being thankful I don't mind telling you during the past six weeks I've learned how to be thankful 
And now that I'm in about two weeks of the final therapy, I'm telling you, I'm starting to feel good. And, man, I'm telling you, I know how to say thank you, Jesus, louder than, and better than I've ever been able to do that. You know why? Because I, I'm not where I was. I'm moving to a new land. I'm moving to a place where my, my life is being revitalized. My strength is being encouraged. My bones are strong. And I'm allowing Jesus to give me something that I didn't have before I went through the valley of the shadow of discouragement. And can I say this? I know what the enemy does when you're flat of your back. We walked out of the doctor's office a few weeks ago, and, and the PA says, if you're not better when you come back, we'll put you out and we'll make you better. We'll straighten that leg out and then you'll start all over except for uh, the incision. And about 30 minutes after that, after that kind of report, about 30 minutes, there was a spirit of heaviness that came over me like I had never felt before. And by the time we got uh, about 20 miles out of Oklahoma City, I, I, I asked myself, what are you doing dealing with that spirit of heaviness? And I began to allow the Holy Spirit and the prayer language to begin to flow out of my life. And I began to and As I began to pray in that heavenly language, that, that heaviness climbed out of my life. And I said, Father God, you're with me. You're for me and not against me. I will not have to cross that river again. I'm believing that with you nothing is impossible. Your word said, he that believeth in me the things that I do shall he do also and even greater. I'm rising out of this bed. I'm going to be better than new. And with that, the Spirit of God gave me strength, and I've never had to tell that, whole, that bad spirit to leave again. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's victory in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. There were times in my life I didn't know what to do, but you, you see the book of Acts says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnessing to me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And you know what? You don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. I'm going to tell you, you can go to heaven without the Holy Spirit, but I can tell you, I would have, I, there's a possibility I could have still been carrying that heavy burden in my life had I not had that prayer language to release. And when I released that, the enemy got confused, and he tucked tail and ran. Boy, I love that. I love to see him have to leave. He's trespassing. Every time he discourages you, do you know he's trespassing? And if you'll listen to the Lord, he'll tell you what to say. Like, get behind me, Satan. You're on, you're, 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 you're on, you're on holy ground. You have no right to be talking to me. And, you know, it's a, a thankful heart is a soft heart. Holding nothing against anyone for any reason. This includes forgiving yourself. There's many people that just can't forgive themselves today, and they're so buried with the heartache of, of what it, why, where would I be if I just hadn't goofed up like I did? Listen to me. Learn to look in the mirror and forgive yourself. And learn to like the guy in the mirror. So many people that are discouraged and defeated this morning. God's speaking to them. I created you in my image. I have the Spirit, Holy Spirit to put inside of you. I want to reside inside of you. And yet they just can't pass the, the, the season of forgiving themselves. If Jesus can forgive us, then he's given us the power to forgive ourselves. You need to look in the mirror. No matter what the mileage may be today, you need to learn to forgive yourself because until you do that, you'll never live in the victory that God 
has for you. And I don't know who I'm saying this to today, but we've all had to forgive ourselves. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not about you. It's about all of us. We've all been there. But what would we do when we got there? Michael did not wait till nine months and that baby was born. He started speaking to that baby the day that it became a living soul. The, 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 the month that his wife conceived, there was a new birth that was taking place inside of her womb. And Michael didn't wait till nine months later. He began to talk to that baby. Boy, you know, I wish I'd have known that. I would have really have done more talking. <laughs> and I'd been saying, listen to me. You better listen to me because when you're born, you'll wish you had a... But I've forgiven myself, and you're forgiven, and we're forgiven. I want you to say this with me this morning. I'm forgiven. I want you to do better than I want you to turn up the voice, so, uh, the, the, the tone of voice so that the enemy can hear you say, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Yes, yes. If we're here today and we've been forgiven, listen to me. God wants you to know it's a done deal. You don't have to beg him to forgive you. You don't have to beg him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All we have to do is just ask him. And then move on with a grateful heart saying, Lord, I know it's a done deal. My sins are forgiven. My past is gone. And I'm living in victory from this day on. I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we have some soft music from the sound booth today. It's 12 o'clock. We're coming to the close of the message this morning. But I'd just like to ask you this, this question today. How many of you, you just be honest with yourself and be honest with me? I, I want to I I hear God's voice like I've never heard it before. As every head is bowed this morning, I don't want anybody looking around. I just want to ask a simple question. How many of you have a desire? You have a hunger? I want to I hear the voice of God like I've never heard it before. Can I see your hand? Hands all across this building this morning. Jared is coming to close the service, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, you've signified, yes, I want to hear. I want to hear better. And I want, you to, I want you to move to this next, next place in your life. I want you to say, Lord, I want to position myself so that I can hear your voice. Not only do I want to hear your voice, Lord, but I want, to, I want you to give me the strength to do what you tell me to do. And you've told us in your word with every way, you, with every, everything that you require of us or you want us to do, you'll make a way. You'll give us strength. You'll open the door for us. And then when we get to that place and we don't even know what to do, you show up and you fill our mouth with good things. So we give you blessings today. Now, I, I want to say this this morning to those that raised your hand. I believe but between now and next Sunday, God's going to speak to every one of you. You know why? Because you said, I have a hunger. I want God to speak to me. By this time next Sunday, you're going, to have, you're going to have something to say that you didn't have to say today because you made a decision. I'm going to position myself so I can hear from God. And can I say this as your pastor? I want you to remember my life like you've never prayed for me before. I want to position myself at the feet of Jesus. I, I left out one thing I wanted to point out. Every shepherd has a sheepdog. 
The sheepdog is one of the best trained dogs in the world. He knows the shepherd's voice. And the, 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 the shepherd can, can give him a sign. He knows how to round up sheep. He knows how to hold them in a, in a pen. He knows how to single one out from the others. He knows exactly what the shepherd wants him to do. And after he fills the requirement of the shepherd's voice, he comes back and he lays at the shepherd's feet, waiting for him to speak to him again. I want to, I want, I want to physician my life at the feet of Jesus. So when he does speak again, not only do I want to hear him, but I want, to, I want to do what he's called me to do. My prayer for you is, as you pray for me, Father, thank you for the ability you give us this morning to hear from you and to know what you have us to do. Give us the ability today to be followers of you, and not only followers, but doers of the word. We give all the praise to you this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's family said, Amen.